with my heart. Mary Kate Walton is a talented musician, and I had the privilege of having a conversation with her. We talked about artistic expression. We talked about what she has recently been working on, which is um, inspired by the Enneagram. And then we just kind of rambled <laughs> after that. And um, but I enjoyed and just counted a privilege to have um, had a conversation with uh, Mary Kate. And um, you you heard a few moments of um, Mary Kate's song "What You Say," and it will be played in its entirety at the end of the conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Mary Kate, for getting together with me. I've been looking forward to this. And so, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today. Yeah. Good. It's a good Saturday. Yeah. Well, um, just as a way to start off, um, I guess I should have thought about like how to introduce you, and I didn't. But I've okay. known you for a, a pretty good while because we go to church together. And I've known your family and have mm-hmm. seen you grow up and then have seen you, just your your talent and, and skill just blossom forth. And that's been really <laughs> neat too, to, to see that and to enjoy it and to have enjoyed your YouTube presence. And, <laughs> but, um, well, what does your life currently look like Um and when I was talking about talent and stuff, you know, I'm talking about your, your musical talent and stuff like that. But what does your life uh, currently look like, Mary-Kate? Well, music is certainly a big part of it, um, but more so, I don't want to say on the side. I've kind of gotten to the point where I, um, you know, I have a day job, but I like to say I'm a musician with a day job. Um, and I love my job. I, I'm so thankful for it. Um, love the environment and I love what I'm doing. I work at, um, my university and I get to recruit students for that. Um, but I think at heart, I, I am an artist, um, a musician. So, um, my life looks like eight to four thirty most days, um, weekdays for, for work. And then I come home and I have, um, two roommates and they're really sweet friends of mine. Um, we live in university city area. Um, but I spend a lot of my spare time lately, especially the past few months working on music, working on artistic projects, um, trying to build relationships. I'm all about that. Um, and try to soak in the summertime and, um, I don't live too far from Forest Park, so I try to make it out there as often as I can. And um, yeah, such a broad question. I hope that yeah. <laughs> hope that answers it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, uh, so you recruit for your university, like re- recruit students? I do. Yeah, I work with incoming freshmen. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're looking for people who are looking for a university to go mm-hmm. to. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll approach us with questions, and I get to be there to answer them. I even get to help them register for classes. Okay. Yeah, it's so, fun. It's really fun. I like students a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you mentioned building relationships and like that's and why is that an important part of your life? Um, I think that relationships are the main thing that we were designed for as humans. Um, so, so when I say building relationships, it's a lot of times just keeping up with familial relationships and keeping Mm -hmm. up with my parents and my brother and sister-in-law and cousins. Um, but then also friendships as well. Um, yeah, from just different communities throughout my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to be like, uh, such, uh, basic part of just being human Mm -hmm. being in relationship you know Mm -hmm. so important and that's the main way that i grow i think whether it's through conflict or just good um conversations um it seems like the main thing that sticks with me are those things i learn with 
and through someone else, especially when there's an ongoing relationship there. Mm -hmm. Has that been something like, if you all always been conscious of the importance of relationships or is that something that, um, you know, came about later in life or. Mm, I think even as a kid, I was aware of, you know, especially just because my family was such a big part of my life and we'd go to grandma's house, you know, at least once a week and everybody would kind of be there um, again with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa. I, so I always knew that that was really important. Um, and as I've grown up and expanded my circles um, to friendships and church families and things like that, um, especially coming to Rockport for the first time and feeling like I was, I was part of something that wasn't even just my family. Um, we're in Rockport is of course our church. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, that was big for me too. And I just, I realized it's so life giving to be in community and be doing this life thing, <laughs> not alone. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of something that's, um, just has struck me, I guess, more in recent years, just how um, relationships are so fundamental. Like even in the work life, relationships are such a big, important part of just the way business happens and where the way the economy works. I mean, just looking around at how everything fits together, it's just, it's really complex how mm -hmm. people specialize in this and that, mm -hmm. and it all works together to make a community and to make our you know, way of life, the, the way it is. And then even in our religion, you know, God is a, a relational God, you know, the, you know, relation, he desires relationship with us. And then in the father, son, and the spirit, mm -hmm. you know, it's relation and it seems like in the way he's like one description is God is love, you know? So again, dealing with the relationship, you know, Yes, sir. Um, well, as far as like being an artist, what does that mean to you? And like, when did you kind of start realizing what it was to be an artist rather than just, you know, music lessons or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like, or what does it mean to you to be an artist? Well, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And there's a big part of it that's, so tied with one's identity or with my identity, I think I never, I always thought like, yeah, I do music and I've taken lessons and I did, I did every musical group I could in high school just because it was fun. Um, but I think I was always kind of scared to make that the thing that defined me, not that it's the only thing that defines me, but, um, it's definitely a wrestling with that. And I think it's really in the past couple of years, even though I majored in music <laughs> in college, mm -hmm. the past couple of years, I'm like, I really think I, I'll use the phrase again, I think I was designed to make music. Hmm. And I've kind of come to that because it's something I can't stop doing. <laughs> um, it just is how I process things. It's how a lot of times I'll communicate things to people I love. Um, and yeah, as much as I try to run from it and try to have like a quote, normal person life, <laughs> like figuring things out through song and poetry and reflection, more like a, I guess, David in the Psalms kind of person is who I am and I can't run from it. <laughs> Does that hmm. make sense? Uh -huh. Yeah. So does music um, just feel really satisfying to you when you're making it? It does. I had a friend say to me recently that when you hear a really great song that resonates with you, it's kind of a similar feeling to falling in love. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so true. I feel like music can you know, it can encapsulate that feeling of infatuation or falling in love. And it also goes to heartbreak. And one really neat thing, again, back to relationships and connection, that's going to be a theme probably in everything I say. When I hear a song from somebody who's gone through a really hard time and I can relate to it, the connection I feel with the stranger who wrote that song validates 
my experience in a really cool way. So I, I just love that. I think it's so powerful. Um, so when you, um, make music, are you, um, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to express how you feel or are you trying to express a message or, or emotions or what do you, what is it that you're thinking of when you're you know, hmm. writing a song or performing or, or whatever? I don't think I ever come at writing with any kind of agenda. I think it's always like, it's more of an exercise of figuring out how I feel. And you, you said expression and yeah, that's part of it, but it's more exploration. I think it's like, okay, I've been wrestling with this conflict in my life for a few weeks and um, I really need to come to terms with, with what I can learn from it what actually happened, how I felt about it versus the reality. Um, and so, yeah, like that kind of thing. In fact, I was working on a song about conflict a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it was just really helpful to make connections, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's more exploration. That's interesting. It almost reminds me a little bit of like journaling. Like mm -hmm. if I'm, um, just caught up in something that's kind of emotional or just confusing or whatever. If I just get out a blank paper or open up my word processor and just try to write about it and write it all out and everything, it's kind of helps bring clarity and helps mm -hmm. um, me to understand it better. Yeah. It's a little bit like exploring perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I do that too. And I think that's so helpful. I think maybe the difference with songwriting is like, I like to, I'm pretty much a stickler about rhyme schemes. I just like, there's great music where it doesn't really rhyme, but it adds a, a structure that makes it more challenging kind mm -hmm. of. Um, and then of course, trying to find a melody that, that also portrays the, the theme and the chord progression and everything. So it kind of aids in the emotionalness of, of that process. But I think it's very, very, very similar to journaling. Okay. Hmm. For me personally. Yeah. Um, well, what have you been um, working on lately? I'm so glad you asked. I'm really <laughs> excited. Um, so I... Have you heard of the Enneagram before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just recently, <laughs> I was talking with my neighbor, and he said, um, he told me his number, and he said, you know your number? And I didn't. I found out that day after I got done talking with him, I went home and took the test. Oh, and, yeah? Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm kind of familiar with it. Kind of familiar. I will say the test sometimes tells you your number, but sometimes they're wrong. Okay. And I'm curious as to... What your number is? Do you remember? It was a tie, maybe between one and five, perhaps. Okay. He was a two. Yeah, maybe it was one and five. I'm, I don't remember for sure. Um, That's yeah. so fun. Yeah, I've been in my friendship circles. We talk about the Enneagram a lot, and um, the Enneagram, of course, is like a personality assessment. It kind of measures your motivation and kind of why you do what you do. Um, and I think I take it, I take all the personality tests, even though I think about them all the time, I take them with a grain of salt mm -hmm. because we're really, we really can't be put in boxes as humans. But I also think it opens, it opens a lot of language, um, to people to kind of express more about how and why they operate. Mm -hmm. So, um, to answer your question of what I've been working on, um, the past couple weeks I've been really focusing on writing a song for each type, which has been done before, um, but it hasn't been done by me. And <laughs> I love I love um, people that are all the different numbers. Like you mentioned, your neighbor's a two. That's mm -hmm. a helper. I have a really right. good friend who's a helper, and this friend just I just see in everything they do them 
working to be helpful and useful and supportive to everyone around them. Yeah. Twos are great. Um, so anyway, that's just an example. Um, but I've been working on exploring each type and thereby exploring each, each of these things that can motivate us at our core to do everything that we do. And do you mind, what are you? Do you mind me asking? (laughs) Oh, I'm happy to tell you. Um, After a couple of, probably like a year of wrestling, Mm -hmm. thinking that I was a seven, thinking that I was a nine, I have come to terms with being a four. Okay. Are you familiar with what that one is? A little bit. um, Just, I'm, yeah, right now, I don't remember even what a a one is for sure. Perfectionist. It's a what? Perfectionist? Perfectionist. Okay. Yeah. And, um, okay. What's a four? A four is an individualist. Okay. Sometimes they're called the artist. (laughs) Okay. Um, and we, yeah, our motivation is we don't want anybody else to be like us. We want to bring something unique, um, to the table (laughs) and, um, yeah, we're, we're searching for our significance in the world, I guess. Okay. Okay. And a one is kind of like uh, into justice and stuff like that. Is that right? Yes. Okay. They're also called a reformer. Reformer. Okay. I'm remember, I remember that word. Yeah. Yeah. And they they work so hard to make everything just right because that's the way they love other people. Is they, they want everything to be the best that it can possibly be. Okay. So I've, I've been close to, I am close to some ones. They're okay. great. What's a five? A five? is um, they are, I can't remember the little word for it, but they want wisdom. They want knowledge. I think some, okay. they're called the learner sometimes. Okay. Huh. Um, they tend, yeah, I could see you being either one of those. Okay. They tend to withdraw and just, they want to understand. <laughs> they're really good at being objective and um, yeah, giving objective advice. And, and like the... Um, I remember reading like um, there's um, like a particular number, like a number four, like yourself. Mm-hmm. There's like a description of that when that is really going well in a positive mm-hmm. way. And then when the number four or any of the numbers are like not so going so well, it kind of there was a description of how they go downward mm-hmm. and their weaknesses and mm-hmm. so forth. Uh, so that was kind of um, interesting as far as like what to shoot for and what to avoid, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what your weaknesses might be. For know? sure. It's, it's really helpful. Yeah. I think. So that's what you've been kind of focusing on as far as songwriting lately and things like that. Yeah. It's p- part of why I really wanted to do this is cause it's like, okay, this is nine songs that I have to write and I want to make them really good and I want to honor each type. And it gives me kind of some structure in my writing and not just, I feel this way. So I'm gonna write a song, which is valuable. Um, but I like to, I like to challenge myself and have to step up to the plate. And another cool thing is like last night I was with my sister-in-law who's a type eight, which is the challenger. Um, and they, I, I just didn't really have much of an understanding of eights because they're so different from me. They're really direct. They take charge. Um, they're, I don't know, they're, they're just so cool and disciplined. And so it opened a really great conversation with my sister-in-law and I could hear more just about why she does what she does. And she was, it was so helpful and I was really struggling to write that song. And when I came home from chatting with her, I I had all kinds of ideas. So it's it's really, it's a fun project. So my plan is to post them on social media. Uh Um, and if they're popular, like if, if people like them, it would be fun to not just record and with my own equipment, but to like get some production, like some, some good quality stuff on it. Yeah. That sounds neat. So did you want to share anything as far as, you know, a a song or anything at this time? Hmm. I think I'll keep it. I'll keep it a secret for now. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm toying with some different ideas on how to present it. So I might do, I might, I'm not sure yet, but I might, um, not be super explicit about which type is which okay. in, initially. Sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, 
evasive, I guess is the word okay. for now. Right. Okay. Well, I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, um, do you make music mainly for yourself or mainly for others? Or it's probably both, but mm -hmm. like, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about that? Is it mainly for yourself or are you thinking this is how I'm serving others by making music? Oh, I want to be so selfless and say, oh, I just do it to help others. I'm not a two, though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not a... Um, I think I'm, I make it for myself and I share it for others. Yeah. That's kind of what comes to mind. I think if an artist is only making music for other people, I think it could be really... Um, vulnerable and I don't know, kind of dangerous. Hmm. Like if I if I share a song that I really needed to write and I'm really happy with and it served me, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to be as offended if somebody doesn't like it, and I'll be more motivated to make more music. You know what? I it's weird. I think it also depends on the song. Sometimes I write a song specifically for someone else. Okay, I've done that a, a couple times. Like. Uh, a couple months ago, I had a friend go through a hard situation and I was just really feeling for her and I wrote a song about it. And I didn't share it with anybody except her and I think she appreciated it. Um, so that happens sometimes and I love it when that can happen. Hmm. Um, but most of the time, I write because I can't not write. Mm -hmm. And I also am like usually excited to share it with like my mom or a close friend. <laughs> Do you write poetry too, or mainly just songs? Mainly songs. Okay. Yeah, the music helps me get the words out. I think. Okay, so you kind of have a melody in mind first, I guess. Huh? Usually, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, like um, this has been pretty recent. Like, just the last few months, I've been like in scribbling down poetry you know and it's um it's like um it just feels like the ideal way for me to like express how i feel like i my background is in photography mm -hmm. but that in comparison that's more like well it's a neat picture you know i like it and stuff like that it's mm -hmm. shadows and texture and stuff but it's not like me expressing anything really um sometimes you know i have before tried to do a concept, you know, think of like make a picture that has some kind of a message to it or something. But most of the time it's just making a pretty picture. But, um, lately, um, and just kind of wanting, thinking about how can I just express how I feel? It would be like poetry, but it's just, um, in a, a journal, you know, and it's, um, and it's pretty bad, but it just feels good. Sometimes just, a write it out you know <laughs> we all write stuff that's not good for sure yeah. yeah but you do that so that you can help yourself right yeah i guess so yeah yeah which yeah. is good yeah yeah we all want to be emotionally aware and emotionally healthy that's definitely something i consciously strive for yeah yeah besides um music is there anything else in life that um comes to mind as far as just what feels really satisfying when you're involved in it? Um, the thing that comes to mind, and this is like a weird answer, is I really like my gym. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I like, uh, I like, yeah, I like going to workout classes. Yeah. It's, it's really helpful because it's like, honestly, it's one of the only times of my day that I don't have my phone with me and I don't have access to it. I think that's part of why I like it so much. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always nice to to get away from mm -hmm. technology. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. And then here and there, just various activities with people I love. Yeah. What other um, artists have influenced you or inspired you? Well, Regina, Regina Spector 
is my favorite songwriter. Um, she she's from Russia, and she when I was in junior high, I would listen to her music. She, it's it's uh, she calls it anti folk, um, but she has a lot of classical like she's classically trained on the piano, and you can you can hear that. But then she's just really kind of out there sometimes and pushes the limits of what is, quote, normal for a song. So I think she's really neat. Um, I've always really liked Audrey Assad. I've always said she's my favorite Christian songwriter. Um, who else? I know there's other influences. <laughs> Um, but those two just come to mind. Anything, you know, outside of music and songwriters that's, inf you know, influential to you? Hmm. It just depends on the season of my life. I feel like the way I've learned that I operate is I, I tend to focus in on one subject or one um, general area of subjects for a while and then I move on to another one mm -hmm. so like this past year it's really been a lot of philosophy which I find really interesting and I'm not I can't sit here and spout off a lot of information um, but yeah I really I've I've been studying kind of generally different philosophers and um, I know you mentioned you like Jordan Peterson oh, yeah. he's more <laughs> of like a I don't know even how to categorize that guy, but he's yeah. really, really interesting. Um, so like, I don't know. I'm, I'm influenced by intellectual sources like that. <laughs> so where are you getting the content from or what are you listening or reading to some reading something or I don't read books that much anymore, but I do audio books, which is still okay. reading, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and podcasts are great. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love those. Um, YouTube clips. <laughs> okay. That kind of thing, mostly. Okay. And and you've had an interest in philosophy lately. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of coming from random sources, not like a particular podcast or a particular... Um, um, there was one book that I actually finished, and it's probably technically a called a lecture series, but it was on audible. Um, and it's Daniel Robinson. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what the title was, but it was something like, um, a history of philosophy and, um, the world's thinkers throughout history, something like that. Um, so I made it through that. It took me a long time uh -huh. and my roommates were like, what are you listening to? This is so boring. And I'm like, no, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, just how people make sense of life is so fascinating to me. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, so that was a good one. Uh, and then I've listened to a lot of Peterson's lectures. I haven't read, um, 12 rules for life yet, but I'm going to this year. I just got the audiobook. as soon as I finish the book I'm reading, but oh, there's so much to learn. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah. There was a podcast I was listening to for a while. I think it was called philosophize this. Yes. I've listened to that a okay. bit. <laughs> and, I like that guy. Um, yeah. It's like really structured. So if you wanted to get an overview of philosophy, I mean, you could just follow him along and it seems like you'd have a pretty good overview of like the history mm -hmm. of philosophy. Yeah. I only listen, yeah, I only listen to like three or four of those episodes, but he makes it really clear and understandable Yeah, for someone who's not a philosophy major, which I'm not. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, um, yeah, sometimes the technical aspects of different philosophers and stuff. It just, you know, it doesn't uh, it register with me a whole lot. It just um, seems yeah. a little tedious, but just the idea of kind of um, thinking about life and meaning in life, what's it all about? You know, that's really interesting. That seems like the, you know, important <laughs> things to think about now and then, you know, but. Most definitely. I think it's yeah. the most important, but it's maybe one of the most difficult things as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think. 
what is um well what's your the passion in your life or what are you most um wanting in life wow talk about asking life's big questions <laughs> these are the questions will that i want to ask every person i meet <laughs> but it's harder to answer I, it's easier I to it ask is. yeah it is easier to ask um Okay, one more time, the question. Like, what's the passion in your life? Or, or in other words, what are you most wanting in life? What are you aiming for? Mm. Truth. That's, mm. the, that's a big one. I want truth, what it, what it really is. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the main, like, very general answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a five on the Enneagram, but I really want wisdom and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I am passionate about those pursuits. Um, also, just connection and relationships. Again, um, I'm a broken record, but... Uh, those, yeah, that's huge. Um, and I think that all plays out differently in different seasons. Right now I'm at a season where I'm really able to take more time to to work on music and explore truth and connection through, through that, um, which is neat. Um, but sometimes, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is I'm focused on or working on at whatever season i i think those are the reigning general two kind of themes okay yeah is there anything that you feel like you've learned in life that has become really key for you oh i love it so good questions something i've learned that is key yes i think it is beneficial to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's one of my one of my mantras. <laughs> uh, I see a lot of conflict and issues form in the world when people assume ill intent. But every person is trying to be I don't know if I can say every person is trying to be a good person, but I think every person is trying as best they know how. Um, okay, that's not true either. <laughs> I have come to being okay with at least believing that <laughs> um, in practicality. I think it's the most useful thing. And I think uh, I think Jordan Peterson kind of touches on that. It's like you always have something to learn from someone. So every person has dignity and every person I think should be treated as though they have good intentions and maybe they'll learn to live up to it. Yeah. Did I make myself sound so stupid there? I was totally (laughs) processing verbally. (laughs) No, no, that's good. Um, well, how, tell me a little bit about your, your Christian faith Mm -hmm. and just what that's like in your life. Um, that's a really broad question, but For um, sure. I'll just let you take it from from there um, as far as, I guess, like how that got started for you and um, what that's like now in your life. Hmm. It really, I would say, got, grew up with amazing parents Um going to church my whole life with them. It got started for me in high school. I think that's really the first time I had faith. Um, I, I was just like, okay, I, I struggled to believe, but I just kept praying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief kind of thing. Um, and it was a slow process where, where I would read scripture and I would be like, yeah, this is true. And I just want to be one of 
God's people that I keep reading about in the scripture. And I wanted to, I was so enthralled by the church, by the church community I was in at Rockport. And I wanted to be part of it so badly. Um, and so I was just very committed to listening to R.C. Sproul. I liked philosophy then too. Oh. Um, and yeah, just trying to find the answers to all my questions. Um, and yeah, so it began, I would go to like three community groups a week in high school. Uh Um, and I, I just love Rockport. It's such great people. Um, and then I went to a Christian college and it really wasn't until college that I was like super sure of my salvation. Uh I think partially because I was a ministry major and I was serving and I was just really confident in and comfortable with my faith. Um, and then I worked for a church for a couple of years and, you know, having the experience of having been a Christian now for like, I don't know, five years, six, maybe seven at that point, I started to notice in all of my Christian circles that Christians aren't perfect. <laughs> which is a hard realization. I had such a rose colored view of, of how life worked. Like I'm a Christian and I have this expectation of, of how things are going to go. And we are the, the ones who have truth and, um, those who are saved are, um, are extremely different from the world. And I guess somewhere along the way, I I realized, well, Christians really aren't perfect either. (laughs) Um, And so that has, there have been a lot of things that I've just been kind of working through with God over the past year and maybe almost two years. Um, And yeah, just kind of clinging to truth, clinging to who God is and, um, working towards union with him and and worship of him. Um, and yeah, trying to be open to who he actually is. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, I'm at a point in my faith where, I mean, I am committed to, Christ and uh, Christianity, but I'm also kind of open-handed on like, Lord, I just really want to know who you are and please make yourself super, um, super clear to me for who you really are. Because I just think as a little young girl um, coming into faith, I had some, some misconceptions about how the world worked um, and I hadn't really experienced suffering um, when I came, became a Christian. So, yeah, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I relate to like what you say about, you know, realizing Christians were not, are not perfect. You know, that's a hard thing to realize. Yeah. And that's definitely, um, what, you know, I experienced and I've been a Christian since I was, 18, you know, and it's like, you would think that's a long time, you know, I would think maybe, you know, I could get, um, it's a long time to kind of be struggling with things over and over again and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and, um, but I guess that one of the differences like, um, before that point, um, I don't know if I cared so much. I remember when I was young, sometimes being a little disappointed with myself and thinking I'm going to turn over a new leaf or something mm-hmm. like that. So I guess there was some sense in caring and so forth. But then um, I came to kind of like um, the end. Uh, well, I was just kind of came to the real low point in my life where I was just um, disgusted with who I had become um and i asked god to save me and and i don't remember a whole lot of what i was 
I don't remember really thinking about a whole lot. I don't know if I was thinking necessarily about Jesus dying on the cross and the atonement and stuff like that. I wasn't thinking in religious terms about being a sinner, but um, I was thinking, I'm just morally disgusting and I got to be saved from who I am, you know, because of earlier in my life I was trying to be saved to save myself from hell of, you know, when I was a young kid, mm-hmm. so I got baptized and did all of that. But at this point it was like, I got to be saved from me. And, um, mm-hmm. I remember just a, a, a load of guilt just lifted from me. And that's the main thing I remember is that I felt like physically lighter, you know? And, um, I didn't know if it was just a momentary type of thing. And then I'd be back the same way, but it was, like um, the beginning of a new life, like something was opening up in front of me. My desires were different and stuff like that. And yet, like you were saying, um, at the same time, there's a definite difference from before and after. And yet, yeah, Christians are not perfect and there's still things that, you know, I I struggle with and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever your worldview is, you have to leave room for things you don't understand mm-hmm. and that's it's hard it's hard to to not to not have an understanding <laughs> and to try to make sense of of like christians not being perfect or why am i why am i not perfect why am i still sinning <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i think that's part of also what i've struggled with and it's just something every christian struggles with it's is who i am okay even though i'm not hitting the mark and can i actually offer myself grace like i am called to offer others grace not at the expense of growth not at the expense of becoming better but like can I just be okay with who I am? Um, yeah, that's that's something that I feel I want everybody to to believe and um, yeah, I don't know. That's become something that's important to me because hmm. I see so much shame in in the Christian culture. It's just like I'm so terrible, um, and and I hear that, and I know that we fall short of God. And we need to remember that. On the other hand, it, it's a hard balance, and I see it skewed either way, like ah, too much, too much shame, or ah, too much pride. <laughs> um, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think that um, sometimes because we want to be good, you know, we kind of like deny. Well, it's like when we, um, like we fall, you know, we struggle with a particular sin or something, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's, it's happening again. And then it's like, um, I'm never going to do that again. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that type of attitude, I'm kind of questioning that so much. Um, I think it might be like what Peterson sometimes talks about as in like integrating your dark side, like, realizing instead of like denying that it's more like I have that potential and then um, living with under with that understanding of um, I have the potential to be do evil things um, and then um, but but looking to God and the grace that um, that he gives me that I don't, um, I don't have to. Um, so I don't know if that's if I'm getting off subject or if I'm not making a whole lot of sense because it's, um, it's a big topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much. But um, to me, it, it, lately, it seems kind of different to um, try to um, a different type of attitude to say, you know, like. I'm never going to do it again, and then it happens. I'm never going to do it, you know, I'm never, and almost like denying that that's a part of me. It seems to me like it's better saying, 
it's like a, a, a part of how I've been, I'm broken and I, I have the potential to, um, do evil, to take, uh, pleasure in, in sin. Um, and having that understanding, I can kind of move through life now, not engaging in it a little bit easier that way, just kind of, um, because I'm not in denial or something along those lines. So I don't know. That's kind of confusing. And <laughs> I like I, I like the topic um, because I don't think it's the most strategic, strategically efficient thing to say. Well, I'm never going to do it again. It's fresh, yeah. it's fresh slate, and I'm 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 gonna just be perfect now. <laughs> Right. I just think that's setting yourself up for failure. Um, but, but if, if you're okay with not being perfect, I think that's part of a perfection thing. Like we, we can't expect ourselves to just get it down now because we're not historically we haven't. So in the future, we're going to probably sin again. Um, so I, I feel like the best strategy, my coworker actually was talking to me about mindfulness and I'm like, what is that? What does that even mean? Um, and she said, well, it's kind of the practice of like, just take one minute out of your day, Mary Kate, and just be present where you are. And as negative thoughts come in, like I'm, oh, I'm thinking about this and that's so stupid or like I'm putting yourself down. Just non-judgmentally push those thoughts aside and go back to being present. Just practice that for one minute a day. And that will help train your mind to be more disciplined and, and not just like put yourself down. And um, I don't know, I think more control over our minds can be really helpful anyway. And the Bible says think on good things. Um, and I, I feel like that's, that's, it's not some voodoo thing. It's, it's just practicing mindfulness in the real sense of the word. Hmm. I've heard, um, so yeah, I've, I've heard of mindfulness and mindfulness meditation and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting to me. Um, the, the idea of um, not being caught up in my head too much is like, I can, I know the experience of like, it's better to be in the moment and to be enjoying the things that's coming in through my senses, you know, what I'm smelling, what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing and touching, and just being connected and present with the person I'm with and or what I'm doing rather than um, worried about what I did yesterday or kind yeah. of worried about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow or just caught up in planning too much or just some kind of internal dialogue going on in my head that it's a much more pleasant um satisfying way to go through one's day i think being i guess you would say mindful or present you know yeah. <laughs> um yeah i think that's generally pretty agreed upon that that's better to yeah. be present although i can't help but wonder why <laughs> why is that better i think it is but why is it better? Yeah. And um, it's, um, for one thing, you're actually enjoying the day, you know, you're enjoying the things that are around you rather than going through it without even thinking about it. Like you can eat a really good meal. And um, if you're thinking about your to-do list or, and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you can just consume that without really enjoying it but there's so much really to enjoy and just being conscious of things is en enjoyment but it's not i think it's there's both there's times for planning and thinking contemplating you know working out some puzzle in your head that's enjoyable mm -hmm. too it, the problem that um you know i've kind of noticed in myself is like if um i'm just going throughout my day and just all just caught up in my head just the entire time where the day can just go by and it's like 
where you know it's almost like I didn't live during that day. You know, I was just thinking the whole time rather than mm. experiencing the day. You know, but yeah. But as far as like why um, is it better? Um, I don't know. For me, it just seems like um, it's um, just enjoying things God has put around me and not taking them for granted, even like clean water, fresh air, food, mm. um, pleasant conditions, nature, the birds singing, whatever. Um, these things um, can be enjoyed. But, um, you know, it does take some discipline to do it. Um, because yeah. um, I'm not that disciplined in that way personally. You know? It's like the hardest way to be disciplined yeah. in your mind. I saw, well, so I'm hearing that we want to be thankful and joyful and yeah. appreciative of this life that we've been given. And that's kind of a hedonistic goal, I think. But I don't know. Christian hedonism is a cool thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I saw this thing. It was the Babylon Bee, I think. I don't know why this made me think of it, but um, it was studies show that people nowadays in America complain more in one hour than the whole plague, <laughs> the bubonic plague. Um, and then it like had this little snippet of someone who was just saying, oh, life is just so miserable eating their burrito in their air conditioned car. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, it's all about perspective, isn't it? We need to yeah. be be joyful and thankful. I actually heard a really good sermon last week on just thankfulness and gratitude and how it changes everything because everybody has grace in their lives. And if we focus in on that, it'll, it'll change our whole lives. And that's a cool thing about Christianity. It's, it's the message that you have so much to be thankful for from a loving father. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think it's really powerful. Yeah, that is really neat. There is so much to be thankful for. Um, just the present things that we enjoy, but also just the future hope that we have. And mm-hmm. there is so much we don't know. And I've you, you've mentioned that in this conversation um, and something that kind of helps me with that is just to re- remind myself that I'm a creature and you wouldn't think that a creature would know everything, you know? Mm. Um, it's like, um, mm, because good. we're just by definition, we're, you know, limited. We're just a creature, you know, we're not the creator. We can't understand everything that, and even, um, knowing God through, um, knowing him as the Lord of the Bible, you know, um, sometimes I think we're just getting, you know, glimpses, um, of him, you know, we're not, he's able to grasp, you know, but we're just getting true, you know, glimpses of him through what he's done throughout history and what's recorded in the Bible and so forth. Yeah. It's very humbling. And you're right. That's an answer to what I was saying earlier. Just like, it's so hard that we can't understand everything. <laughs> but we, we can't. As much as we try to make strides in science, as much as we try to control everything as humans, including life and um, so many things, um, we are not God. Uh-huh. Yeah. And our lack of control, which everybody struggles with. I hear that in so many people, like, oh, I just want to control. I want to I want to have control. We we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the happiest people are the ones that submit to that. Yeah. It is kind of freeing when you just for me anyway, just to think I'm just a creature and I'm made to enjoy creaturely things and to understand what a creature can understand mm-hmm. enjoy and it and what we have is good you know relationship with god relationship with one another yeah. his provisions i mean it's a lot to be thankful for Ooh. just where we are it's a know. good it's a good talk that's yeah. helpful for me to think about good well um is there anything else you can talk about before we wrap up um i don't know i i I'm always working on stuff, so if anybody wants to uh, 
follow me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. My username is Mary Kate Walton. Just okay. one word. And then I'm on Facebook. I have a music page too. Um, I also do have a band that I play with um, called The Wayward Souls. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of an acoustic folk band. We do originals and covers. And um, yeah, I'm really into sharing music. So um, if you want to, if anybody wants to keep up with that, we're <laughs> yeah. um, on Facebook and Instagram too. Okay. Um, anything upcoming for, um, well, um, I have a house concert scheduled for the end of September. It's September 28th. Um, and then we have a couple gigs booked in August, but they're private events. So, um, we're keeping busy, but, um, just follow our page and we'll post, um, whenever we're going to play out. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Mary Kate. I've really enjoyed talking with you. It's been really Likewise. good. Likewise. It was so fun. Thank you for asking me. I was so honored. Thanks.
visit my 